He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What is good, everybody? Welcome into the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Sam Humphreys, Taylor Williams, Jim Woodward with you as always. And fellas, this is one of my favorite days of the year. Big music man, can we please get the music for the 2023 Holy Awards. T-Dub, good to talk to you, and welcome back to the third annual Holy Awards. The Holies have officially became a tradition, unlike any other guys. One of my favorite days, maybe my favorite show that we do all calendar year. It truly is, has a special place in my heart. I remember, we were talking about it earlier, how I remember last year at the Holy Awards, the 2022 edition, I just thought I enjoyed it so much, and it was so much fun to just take back on what had happened the last season. I was like, man, I can't wait for the 2023 edition of the Holies. And what do you know? Sure enough, 365 days later, here we are ready to get a rolling, Woody. I cannot wait, and I am beyond excited to uh, dive back in on what was a crazy, crazy, crazy 2023 season in the game of golf. Well, last year was my first year to do the Holies because I hadn't come on board till then, but I was very impressed with you, T-Dub, because you're the one that thought of the Holy Awards, if I'm not mistaken. And when we went through them, I couldn't help but chuckle. And I want our listeners to stay for us the whole show because some of these awards, I promise you, you're going to have some people roaring, laughing at some of the things that we pick as our award (laughs) candidates. No doubt about it. So a couple of house cleaning things first. T-Dub, I'm sure that we have a bunch. I know, actually, that we have a bunch of new listeners since the 2022 Holies. So would you please care to explain how we do this and what to expect throughout the show? Yes, we definitely need to elaborate on the importance that a Holy Award means, not just for us, the 73rd Hole, but what it means for this everyone in the game of golf and how important it is so we'll go ahead and describe that now it is essentially when you watch the ESPN you see the ESPYs or you watch the Academy Awards any award show that you've ever seen this is the 73rd whole version of our 2023 in this case awards that we will give out we have some very interesting names for some of the awards Uh, all our past listeners will know about those we'll do our best to try to elaborate on what the actual name of the award means just for symbolism out of who it's named after, I feel like that we need to do that to be honorable to those that came before us. So we will do that the best that we can, Woody. And we don't just half-ass this here on the 73rd hole. We've got about 40 to 50 awards to hand out here and some predictions for 2024 coming up as well, which last year we were fairly right on some of them, some others we couldn't have been more wrong on. And, Woody, it's going to be interesting to see a year from now exactly how these stand up that we do today. That was what was surprising to me last year. Some of them are just for humor. But some of them, we actually had to think about what we thought was going to happen in 2023. And and a few times, you know what, guys? We were spot on. It still doesn't mean I'm a great gambler because I still am not. But we, we called some things that happened that were pretty doggone good. So I look forward to this year, what we, uh, what we come up with for 2024 and our predictions. 
and who you guys thought were some of the more highlight reels of 2023. Guys, you stole the words right out of my mouth. The second house cleaning thing was we need to revisit some of those predictions, those bold predictions that we will make for 2024 at the end of this show. But if you listen to the 73rd hole on a regular basis, we go back to our bold predictions quite a bit. One of those that Woody and I got right, T-Dub, I hate to say it, but you got this one wrong, was we thought that Ricky Fowler would win a PGA Tour tournament in 2023. And guess what, guys? Ricky Fowler did win a PGA Tour tournament in 2023. Um, One other thing, I got to say, I was maybe the first to call this, maybe because of this show, because it forced me to make a bold prediction. But my bold prediction for 2023 was that Liv and the PGA Tour would merge back together. So stick around till the end of the show and see what our bold predictions are for 2024. Now, I guess I wasn't necessarily right, guys. They're not looking like they're going to hit that December 31st date, but not a bad bold prediction for 2023. And shout out to Ricky Fowler for winning. I'm going to go ahead and say that you're right, Sam. The fact that you called that, it happened in June 6th, literally less than six months after the fact. That was very, very impressive on your part there. And the whole Ricky thing, I will admit, I didn't think there was a chance in hell that he was going to win. And we had mentioned this earlier, too. With 19 holes to go in the U.S. Open, it looked like he might have won a damn major. And that would have really made me look like a dumbass <laughs> at that point. But I, w- I will say, at least, Woody, at least the week that he did win the Rocket Mortgage Classic, I did pick him in the one and done that week. So I slightly hedged my bet, and it worked out for me because I was on a massive Ricky downtrain for, who knows, the start of human time, basically. So I hedged my bet a little bit, so I guess congrats to me on that point. Well, that was the most brilliant thing you did in 2023. You hedged your bet so that Sam and I couldn't barbecue you, okay? Because <laughs> you'd been down on Ricky all year. And then you went and hedged your bet and said, well, I'm, I'm going to pick him if I want it done today if he doesn't win that week. So you're right. You know, hey, all of us are allowed to make bold predictions that might not come true. That's all I'm going to say about bold predictions. Fellas, let's dive right in to the first award. The first award of 2023 will be the Mark Wilson Award. Favorite moment at the Honda Classic. T-Dub, who is your Mark Wilson Award nominee? I'm going to have to go with the winner of the golf tournament, guys, Chris Kirk, because he had not won in, I believe, eight years. From 2015, I believe, was his last win. Then winning this year in 2023, in 2019, he had to take a leave of absence from the game of golf with alcohol and depression issues, which is a very, very hard thing to deal with. So it's congrats to him for being able to overcome that and come back and compete in a professional sport at the highest level and being able to win. So congrats to Chris Kirk. That will be my nominee for the Mark Wilson Award. With I thought about him because that was impressive what he'd come back from, but I went with Eric Cole. And, and the reason why I went with Eric Cole was I really didn't know anything about him. And then I found out that he was Laura Baugh's son and Bobby Cole's son. Well, Laura Baugh was a heartthrob when I was a kid. When I was about your old age or even younger than that, Laura Baugh was really the first LPGA sex symbol. And I thought, oh my, she ended up marrying Bobby Cole, who was from South Africa. So his breadline was unbelievable. I mean, he had him a pedigree from a standpoint of uh, golfers and his family. And then... The reason why I pick him is he really, in my opinion, 
if well, of course a bear. If if in it, O bear, O bear hadn't come along, he's got rookie of the year for sure, and I still might give it to him. So that's why I went with Eric Cole. I think he had a great year, and that was just the start of it. Guys, I got a little bit excited there before the Mark Wilson Award. Some people are probably wondering, why in the world are we giving a Mark Wilson Award for the favorite moment at the Honda Classic? Well, the reason is because Paul Azinger was in love with the Honda Classic. And Paul Azinger will talk great about the Honda Classic, bring it up every single opportunity that he gets to bring up the Honda Classic. So, who wins the Honda Classic in the past? Mark Wilson. That's where we got the Mark Wilson Award for the Honda Classic. But guys, I got a couple options here. You could go with Azinger, considering that he is gone from NBC. Maybe honor him on his way out. You could also go with Chris Kirk, like T-Dub said. Uh, who also in that tournament hit it off the rocks on 18, almost hit the Honda that was sitting in the middle of the lake on 18, but still goes on to win. My nominee, however, for the Mark Wilson Award favorite moment of Honda Classic Week will be Charles Howell winning that week at Mayakoba. (laughs) So, T-Dub, go ahead and decide who the winner is out of those three nominees for the Mark Wilson Award. Well, I did not expect Charles Howell III to make an appearance at the Mark Wilson <laughs> Award nominee, so uh, that is that kind of throwing my brain for a loop here at this point. So at the end of the day, guys, we have to pick between Eric Cole, who's had a tremendous rookie season. I believe he's like the 15th ranked player analytically right now, which is absolutely insane. If you would have said that six months ago, you would have thought someone had drugged you. So do we go with the guy who overcame the alcohol and depression issues or do we go with Charles Howe, who's one of the nicest guys in the world and has actually been on our show. One of our most listened to episodes was when he came on with us. So I, I'm at a pickle, Sam. I don't I, know what to do, so I might have to make I think I know what to do. I think I know what to do here. you got to give it to the guy that actually won the Honda Classic, and he did it in exciting form. He won the tournament and almost hit a Honda on number 18, the Honda that was sitting in the middle of the lake. So you got to give it to Chris Kirk. Congratulations on winning the first award of the night. Chris Kirk, the Mark Wilson Award winner for favorite moment at the Honda Classic. Uh, fellas, moving along here, let's go to the Colin Montgomery Award. This is a very popular Award here on the 73rd hole. We bring it up quite a bit. The Colin Montgomery Award goes to the sneakiest choke of the year. T Dub, who is your nominee? One of my favorite awards, maybe my favorite award on the whole, is because I remember the episode when you said Colin Montgomery was home to the sneaky choke because of what he did as the 2006 U.S. Open. Everyone looks at Phil Mickelson choking on there, but Colin Montgomery makes a double bogey on 18th of the middle of the fairway to lose by one shot. If that's not a choke, I never don't know what it is. And no one ever talks about it, which is absolutely crazy. So that is why we deem it the sneaky choke award. When I was doing my research earlier today, I had my initial pick was I had Tommy Fleet with the RBC Canadian Open because everyone remembers the putt Nick Taylor made on in the playoff on 18. But no one remembers how Tommy Fleet went on the easiest par five you'll ever see in your entire life is playing at like 4.2 shot average for the week. And he tries to lay up short of the creek, hits it in the right rough, 
and then lays up in the right rough again, and then has to hack it out and scramble to make a par just to even get in the playoff. That's what I had. But then about 10 minutes before we started recording, I had come up with what I thought would have to be the clear-cut winner. Earlier this year at Live London, Cam Smith wins the individual tournament and bogeys the last hole of par five for the Ripper GC to lose by one shot and missed out on the very first team lift playoff that we've ever had. So, Woody, I'm going to go with Sneakiest Choke is from the guy that actually won the golf tournament, but somehow being the Sneakiest Choke because he did not let his team get into a play. Yeah, that was, that was amazing that that happened. That was bad. But, you know, mine's not sneaky, but it choke and i'm going with rory mcelroy at this year's u.s open where he dumps the wedge into the tall he gets relief or he gets a, a, a drop from where he hit but anyway he shouldn't have gotten the drop in my opinion but he had how is rory mcelroy not able to be, beat Wyndham clark down the stretch everybody says oh it's rory's tournament he gets my choke of the year the u.s open at la north this year t-dub I am on the same wavelength as you are. I have Live London, Cam Smith, as my nominee. Not only did he have the sneakiest choke of the year, in my opinion, considering he won the golf tournament, it doesn't get any sneakier than that as far as chokes go, but he dumped it in the bunker on his third shot after laying up and then hits it out to four feet, and Cam Smith, the best putter in professional golf, misses a four-footer to send Ripper GC into the team playoff, like you said. Woody, I like where your head is at. You might hear me bring that hole up again, the 14th hole at LA Country (laughs) Club with Rory McIlroy, but I'm not using it for this award right here. Um, So, considering we had a majority vote there, Cam well, yep, Smith. They guys get it. Cam but Smith. I still don't think Cam Smith choked. Man's a pretty choke. <laughs> or open champion. He, he no, didn't choke. Did. Maybe he, he had didn't choke. It's maybe he went brain choke. dead. Maybe he went brain dead. I don't know what he did, but he ain't choking he over didn't choke. He I, didn't choke. There's a big difference between a choke and a sneaky choke. Okay, there you go. Well, how you how often it. is – it's kind of like what or Sam said. How often does Cam Smith miss a four-foot putt? And let alone it. Literally, <laughs> if, you, if you had said any, any jumps a wedge in a bunker, one of the best wedge players in the game, and the yeah. literally, if you said who would you want to have make a four footer for you, Cam Smith would at worst be in your top three picks. He'd be my number one. Yep. And he goes yeah. out there and barely touches the hole and on the four footer. This so, is yeah, the epitome of the award. Colin Montgomery. No one remembers Sneaky. that he choked it off. No one's going to remember Sneaky. that Cam Smith choked it off for the Rippers because he <laughs> won the golf tournament. Colin Montgomery's award for sneakiest choke Cam of the year Smith. goes to Cam Smith. Uh, next, yep. fellas, moving along, we have the Justin Rose Award for favorite European player. I almost feel like this one's going to be unanimous, guys, so I'll go ahead and give my oh, nominee, Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland, unanimous, no doubt. There's absolutely no doubt about that. The FedEx Cup champion, Victor Hovland, came on our podcast after the fact. It was absolutely beautiful thing. I thought about throwing Rory McIlroy out there just to mess with you guys and see what y'all would say, but uh, no. No, no doubt that Hovland will, uh, will, get, will get the award this year. No doubt. We and we can you down on that one. It's nice. Yeah, it's Victor. Victor, for, Victor. For Victor, Victor no we can doubt. hand deliver the Justin Rose Award for favorite European player of 2023. 
Guys, this next one is the Darren Clark Award. And this is a very special award because we came up with the Darren Clark Award for dad strength because Darren Clark, back at the 2021 senior PGA that we were covering out at Southern Hills, uh, walks up the hill to you know, go go to his press conference in the flash area, and he is winded after walking up the hill behind 18 at Southern Hills. And Darren Clark looks at me and says, I can't believe that fucking hill. <laughs> and he is sweating his butt off, and he is just winded. Looks like he just ran 24 miles, guys. So that is where the Darren Clark Award for Dad Strength comes from. T-Dub, would you please give us your nominee for the Darren Clark Award for Dad Strength of 2023? Now, I'll never forget the image of Darren Clark walking around Southern Hills. This is something that only if your eyes saw it can you properly describe what you witnessed. And then him coming up the hill was a beautiful act of athleticism for sure for someone in Darren Clark's physique. But what's ironic about my nominee is that it's the Dad Strength Award, and I am giving the award to my dad, Randy Williams, for what he did at Augusta National this year. It, for anyone that's been there, like you have, Sam, you know it is probably the hardest golf course to walk. There's so many hills there. It is absolutely crazy. My dad's been down with, with a bad leg for the last couple of years now, and he was able to get around that son of a bitch like no other. I was utterly impressed. So, Woody, I'm going to go ahead and give the Darren Clark Dad Strength Award nominee to my dad, Randy Williams. You know, I, I had a couple of different names I was looking at, but after just listening to what you just said, I wasn't even there. But judging, I've been at Augusta and walked those hills. If your dad was step for step with you, he gets my dad's award too. I, I no, don't care who I wrote down. I'm going with your dad. No doubt. An awesome moment for Randy Williams. I do have to give my nominee, however. My Darren Clark Award for Dad Strength this year nominee will be Lucas Glover in Memphis, guys. He was my other. Lucas Glover. <laughs> was probably the only golfer I've ever seen sweatier than Darren Clark was walking up the hill after, <laughs> after his round at Southern Hills in that senior PGA. Darren, I mean, excuse me, Lucas Glover had more ass sweat on those khakis in Memphis at the FedEx St. Jude and goes on to win the golf tournament an unbelievable feat of dad strength to battle through the perspiration and win the golf tournament without using a glove, fellas. So I had to give my nominee there to Lucas Glover for the Darren Clark Award for dad strength in 2023. But, fellas, we're giving it to Randy Williams, walking around Augusta National for the first time with his son, T-Dub. Nothing gets better than that. Well, the only thing oh, is that is Sam getting to spend it with his dad. So you guys got to, you got to, we really got to try factor because Lucas Glover was on my list too, Sam, because of how he finished that last round. But we got to give it to T-Dub's dad because no doubt about it. rules, like you said. <laughs> no yep. doubt about it. I feel bad that I ruined that great moment there about Randy Williams. It was nice and, you know, heartwarming there. And then I just bring up Lucas Glover's ass <laughs> right after the fact. Yeah, swamp ass. He's got that swamp <laughs> ass. To, to your point, I had forgotten how massive the swamp ass was. It was epic. It was literally his entire butt cheek recovered in the sweat. It was no. horrendous. So it was a, a strong nominee for sure. 
It was all in his front crotch, too, because I saw a picture of it today when I was looking at our awards. That's why he got on my list. <laughs> Fellas, speak, first of all, congrats to Randy Williams for winning the Darren Clark Award for Dad Strength. Speaking of Lucas Glover, our next award is named after Lucas Glover and has been named after Lucas Glover since the inaugural Holy Awards back in 2021. The Lucas Glover Award is for worst putt of the year. He definitely redeemed himself. Lucas Glover actually not up for worst putt of the year in 2023. He almost made the darn Ryder Cup team, and we're sitting here two years later, three years after the fact of naming the worst putt of the year the Lucas Glover Award, and the guy learned how to putt with the sweeper. But who is your nominee? He did learn how to putt with that sweeper, and that was... Pretty crazy, and it would have been nice to see him actually on that Ryder Cup team. I think we can all agree some names could have been switched out for who didn't want to be there for someone who would have wanted to be there in Lucas Glover. But for my worst putt of the year, guys, I guess I got two nominees because I don't know which one to pick here. It's either the second or the third putt John Rom hit on the first hole at Augusta National this year. Four putts, the first green, makes a double buggy, proceeds to shoot 65 in the first round of the tournament, so plays nine under golf the next 17 holes, and then ends up winning the whole damn tournament by four shots. So go ahead and give me either the second or third putt, Woody, that John Rom hit on the first green at Augusta. I don't know which one, but I'm going with that. I thought about that one, too, but I've got a worse putt I saw at the Masters this year. Minwoo Lee drives the ball on the third hole. Hits driver on the right fringe. He's only got a 25-foot putt. I guarantee, you guys, you didn't move it ten feet. It was the worst looking putt I have ever Did he seen fat the putt? in all of my days. Now he he ended up not winning the golf tournament like John Rob. So you got a good point there, T Dub. But if you guys can look that up, or our listeners can look that up, this was absolutely the worst putt I had ever seen. And I don't know what he was thinking. It wasn't like it was a really difficult looking putt. I'm telling you, it was a 25-foot, maybe 30-foot putt. He he moved the ball 10 feet. It was horrible. Minwoo Lee with the 10-foot putt that was not a 10-foot putt coming from Woody for his nominee for Lucas Glover Award Worst Putt of the Year. My Lucas Glover Award nominee, fellas, this seems like an eternity ago, but it actually did happen in 2023. Back in February, Tiger Woods was back at Riviera. And guess what? You know the famous bunker in the middle of the green? Tiger Woods putted it right into the bunker in the middle of the green back at Riviera back in February. Hole number six. That's right. Um, Number six. Woody, since T-Dub decided the first one that was not unanimous, (laughs) you get the the award of picking the Lucas Glover Award winner. Well, well, see, this is what's so difficult, guys. And, And... we just named three putts, and they're all horrible. They're all horrible, whichever one. Of, <laughs> the deal with – I can't really give John Rahm the worst putt simply because he won the Masters, okay? <laughs> I can't do that. I mean, he had a moment. Hey, you remember Scotty Scheffler four-putted at the Masters, too. So, not this year, but last year. Anyway, I can't do that one, T-Dub. I liked it. I agreed with it because I even wrote it down. Minwoo Lee, well, he's not – He's not that – I mean, he's a great player, but he's not all that. Tiger Woods putting it in a bunker. Yeah, there's no doubt. That's the worst <laughs> guys, He actually putted it in a bunker again last week at the Hero. 
I know he did. I know he's but not that quite the cutter he once was. But <laughs> I got to oh, give you that one. Sam. I got to give you that one. And I've, I've played that whole Riviera. It can be done. You can put it in that bunker and, and not even hit that bad a putt, believe it or not. But we are talking about a 15-time major champion. The GOAT, as you guys call him, greatest player of all time, don't putt it in bunkers. They just don't do it. Okay, I'll give it to you, Sam. I appreciate it. To Sam's point, I feel like this, that happened in like 2016. It feels like literally a lifetime ago that that event occurred. No. I can it, stop I can't believe that. It feels a millennia ago that that occurred, but you're 100% right. That has to be the winner. <laughs> Tiger Woods wins the Lucas Glover Award for worst putt of the year on number six at Riviera back in February of 2023. Fellas, the next award is someone who we've already mentioned in this show. The Cam Smith Award for Australian of the Year. Numerous Australian people are going, <laughs> getting after it this year with Greg Norman and Cam Smith played solid this year. <laughs> Who else? Minwoo Lee. Is he from Australia, right, I think? Um, yeah, he is. Fellas, uh, this might be a little more contested than years in the past where Cam Smith ran away with the Cam Smith Award. I'll go ahead and give my nominee. Actually, T-Dub, you go ahead and give your nominee. I'll give my nominee last. This is a guy who, I've, one of my favorite players I've ever enjoyed watching. Some of the form that he had back in the tape when he was number one player in the world was absolutely stellar to watch. And it was great to see he got his first win this year since back in 2018. I dealt with a lot of back injuries, vertigo, things like that. Give me Jason Day, Woody, for my nominee for the Cam Smith Award for favorite Australian of the year. It was great to see him finally come back and start to play some good golf again. Still, you know why I went with Cam again? Because he had flashes of Cam being brilliant, but he also showed flashes, as you called, Cam the Sneaky Choke. So he covered the gambit, so I'm going with him. I'm sorry I got to stay with him. Fellas, I could go with Norman. I could go with Jason Day. I could go with Cam Smith, who the award is named after. But Australian of the Year in 2023 is a guy that galvanized the country for a week. He turned Live Adelaide into the Tour Championship where Tiger Woods was walking down the fairway. Give me Taylor Gooch for the Cam Smith Award for Australian of the Year after that scene on 18 at Live Adelaide. <laughs> T-Dub, oh T-Dub, who wins 60, it? After you shoot 62-62 the first two rounds and has a 10-shot lead after two rounds of golf, I think he go ahead and got honorary citizenship to the country, so I do think that he will qualify <laughs> for this. Give TG the award. Is TG really winning it? I thought that you guys would go with the actual Australian. You know what? TG you can't go on. with TG. <laughs> we Come can't on. Go with TG. You guys are homers. <laughs> I mean, TG's our buddy, but that's a homer pick if I've ever you know, seen. He's not Australian. Hey, this is what he we do here on the podcast. We talk it through live. Could you imagine at the Oscar Awards if they're like, let's talk this out for a second. So let's talk it out. That's what they should do. So, guys. I He's mean, not Australian. I'm even arguing against myself. But, fellas, listen to this. I mean, I was about to say, you, you, you gave me a sales pitch, Sam, and I went with it. I, uh, yeah, I did a good job, so that's why I did it. Yeah, it was recency bias. This is what un- he was the last one I heard. It this is unbiased oh journalism right here. It, to me, no. the Australian of the Year 
should go, at least if we're talking golfers, should go to Jason Day because Jason Day's yeah. comeback this year, the type of consistent golf that he played on a week-in, week-out basis from the depths that he was in, not quite Ricky Fowler depths, but still an amazing comeback for Jason Day and finally healthy again. I think we should go with Jason Day for the Cam Smith Award for Australian yeah. of the Year. Yeah, I'm sorry, Taylor, but I can't give you Australian of the Year, dude. Sorry. <laughs> well, what if what if we what if we found a middle ground and gave it to TG's caddy, Malbec? <laughs> yeah. <what>? No. <laughs> no, you're you're going to ruin the holy awards if you if you bastardize them like this. No. He's not a golfer. <laughs> He's a caddy. <laughs> right. uh, Degrade the caddy, Woody. Mal Degrade Baker is the now caddy. a nominee. Just, I'm not degrading the caddy. No. <laughs> you said the player of the... You said the Australian golfer. He's not. He's a caddy. <laughs> uh, we got four nominees <laughs> this year. Woody's pretty passionate I about can't believe this Greg Norman. Right I was in this... Greg Norman didn't even get a nominee. <laughs> well, we not no, when you no throw TG out there and then try to throw Mel Baker in behind him. <laughs> Gee whiz. Yeah, I'm Jason trying to Day. get I'm having to crawl up out of my chair and have a sipper drink. <laughs> Bullshit's too deep. <laughs> Jason Day wins the Cam Smith Award <laughs> for Australian of the Year. That's what we do here on the 73rd Hole Podcast. If we disagree, we talk That's it out. Good. Even if we're disagreeing with ourselves this yeah, next award out, this next award i need t-dub's help because i never actually look it up i just read the award and i love being surprised at what the name is we named this award after if you watch the nfl draft brock purdy has made this very popular mr irrelevant is the last pick in the draft so we here on the 73rd hole, started the Mr. Irrelevant Award back in 2021, and it was the official World Golf Ranking for number 125. However, we've seen what the official World Golf Ranking has done over these past few years, and guys like a Taylor Gooch, who we were just talking about, their official World Golf Ranking has plummeted, and so will you know John Rahm's when he goes to live because they don't receive official World Golf Ranking points, so we had to switch the name of the award to Mr. Really Irrelevant, number 125 on the official World Golf Ranking. T-Dub, who is it this year? The winner for the Mr. Really Irrelevant Award for official World Golf Ranking of number 125 goes to Michael Kim. Congratulations, Michael Kim, former standout at the University of California. Congratulations on your holy. Woody, are you going to debate this award winner as much as you did the last one? No, because I wish our listeners could have heard the way it happened the first time. When you were going to announce this, we had a little connection problem. That happens when we're trying to do this show. And you couldn't really understand who you were saying. And I told Sam, leave it just like that, because who gives a shit? That's what I say. I didn't. I didn't even put it down. And you know what I wrote down here? I don't care who was one twenty-five. That's what my. That's who I picked. Don't care. <laughs> oh, congratulations <laughs> to Michael Kim winning Mister Really Irrelevant Official World Golf Ranking Number One Twenty-Five. Uh, moving along here, fellas. A very popular one here amongst the seventy-third hole fans. This one's actually in our intro here. The layup with an iron into the hazard award. Favorite Phil Mickelson shot of 2023. T-Dub, go ahead. 
Yes, yeah, a very famous award here for the Holy Awards. The intro probably think everyone probably thought, well, who the hell hit that shot that they keep talking about layup with an iron into a hazard? It was Phil Mickelson that did it at the 2018 Ryder Cup. So that is why we've named it this award. My favorite shot that Phil hit this year, guys, was the putt that he hit on 18 on Sunday at Augusta to shoot a 65 in the final round to vault him up into a tied second place. Whenever I went to Augusta, I was there on Wednesday. The very first player I saw on the putting green at 8 a.m. was Phil Mickelson, and I proceeded to watch him miss four straight five-footers in a row. So I thought, there's no chance in hell this guy's going to play any good golf this week. And sure enough, he finishes tied second in the golf tournament, only loses by four shots. And a guy who was not on any good form at all coming into the tournament proceeds to finish second. So go ahead and give me that putt that he hit on 18 Woody. Kind of silenced the haters a little bit and also helped silence the, uh, the the live haters as well because of how well the live guys did that week. That was, uh, you know, that was kind of the start of 2023 where in the majors, you kind of had this feeling the live guys were going to do pretty good because Kepka was right there before Rom took him down. But then, you know, with the Phil finishing second there, I had to go with the same thing at that Masters tournament. And I like that part that you were talking about because he had so many great moments of the guys that Phil has. Uh, we all remember the first time he won where his vertical leap was all of two inches. So to see him make that putt, I'm going to have to agree with you with that one. I, I I had a shot that he hit on the back nine, but I got to tell you, that putt, when he finished that round and somehow found a way to finish second place at Augusta at his age, he's still amazing. Guys, I had Phil at Augusta as well. The shot I wrote down here, I have no problem with your your guys' pick as well, putt on 18, but the shot I had written down, and it's a good memory to look back on, considering I was out there, guys. The, the, the electricity around Augusta National that day was just prevalent. It was unbelievable how much the fans, who if you look at Twitter, no one likes Phil Mickelson. They all like to make fun of him. But when his name was rising up the leaderboard on the back nine, on Sunday at Augusta National, the fans had a buzz about them. And the shot I wrote down was uh, one that I actually saw in person. It was it was in the final round, his second shot at 17. Almost canned it, fellas. Taps it in for birdie. Goes on to tie for second place. Guys, I mean, what, what a phenomenal, uh, just unbelievable for him to do at his age, too. Just a phenomenal day of golf and he finishes runner-up at Augusta National after all of the noise. Any final thoughts on Phil, T-Dub? Poor of form that he was coming in to that tournament because you look at it, he did finish second that week. He finished 41st at Orlando the week before, 30th in Tucson, 27th at Mayakoba, missed the cut at the Saudi International Asian Tour event. So, yeah, it had not been on any good form whatsoever. And then going to finish second just goes to show that Augusta is truly a horses for courses type of place. It is its own secluded area. And if you know how to play those, get maneuver those hills out there and know those greens, know where to place the ball, manage the course, you can play at a lot higher level than you would at other courses. So it was really great to see Phil do it because, as you mentioned, a lot of people on Twitter hate him. But what he's done for the game of golf, that even before all this stuff, he's been a fan favorite. He's a top Ten player of all time so it's yeah it was great to see him do that and hopefully we'll see him try to make another run at it again this year no doubt about it speaking of augusta national the next award is named after the fella who once said that augusta national was a par 67 
That would be Bryson DeChambeau. The Bryson DeChambeau Award for Biggest Bomb of the Year. T-Dub, what is your nominee for the Biggest Bomb of the Year? Yeah, as much as I try to like Bryson, anytime I get reminded of that 67 part against the comment, it makes me just want to punch a wall. Like, it's, it's this respect that he had for that course is is mind-blowing, and I think the golf gods will continue to pay it back because I don't think he'll ever play particularly well at that course. But the biggest bomb that I have, guys, it wasn't a golf shot. That was his. It was on June 6th when I look at my phone, and I have an update from CNBC that says that PJ Tour and Liv will merge. And I'm thinking, okay, is this a, a – like, do they get hacked? Like, what is going on here? There's literally no chance that this is happening. And sure enough, you give it 15 minutes, and it's – reported everywhere and it's happening so that was the biggest bomb for me Woody wasn't even a golf shot that happened it was the announcement of a merger that may not even take place now at this point but it definitely changed the landscape of professional golf for probably the rest of time and it's still changing and and I, I couldn't agree with you more that when you think about the biggest bomb I was thinking well who hits big drives well everybody hits big drives now so that isn't a bomb anymore. And then I thought about it just like you, T-Dub, where I thought, who's been the biggest bomb this year? Well, Jay Monahan's got it hands down. And June 6 just added to it because he had called everybody out about everything from 9-11 to you're a traitor, to this, to that, to this. Oh, by the way, we're going go to go ahead and get in bed with these guys now. Are you kidding me? That was just unbelievable. I still can't believe he has his job, guys. I've said it all along. There's no way I'd let this guy run my company if I was a PGA Tour player. Biggest bomb of the year, Jay Monahan, no doubt. You guys went with the bombshell news. I went with a drive. And, fellas, the big hitters love you know, the spotlight, they take all of the notoriety for these big-time drives, but, hey, little guys hit bombs sometimes, too. Brian Harmon, on the 72nd hole of the Open Championship at Royal Liverpool, stepped up and just absolutely mini-bombed it right down the center, and... Our man Scott Country Tway went on to uh, win his first major as a caddy. And, fellas, Brian Harmon stepping up on that wind, whipping off the left, tough driving par four, and he just bombed it right down the center. T-Dub, I guess we don't even need you to tell us who wins it. The, the winner is the bombshell news on June 6th. But give your thoughts on Brian Harmon's bomb on the 72nd hole at the Open Championship. It's actually a, a great pick because, like, you know, I kind of started off with thinking about who hit the best drive. And then I'm thinking, no, you know, the, the news that occurred was the, the biggest bomb for sure. But think about it. He had a four or five shot lead on that last tee. And that last hole is narrow. There's the in course out back on the right side, just a little bit right in the fairway. Then if you hit it left, you'll be in the tall hay. And it's one of the holes where you actually could blow a massive, a massive lead like that you wanted to. So for him to be able to step up and do that, once you hit the fairway there, you're going to have to do something really, really dumb to make sure that you don't win. So once he got that drive down, knew that he had it sealed up in the bag. So when you actually talk about what the award was meant to be for, with the best drive, that would probably win it. But yeah, the bombshell news just, the, the fact that it's going to have effects on the game of golf for upwards of, like I said, as long as they play professional golf, it's going to be impacted by what happens 
on that day because even to this point so much has changed in the landscape of golf and what is planned for the future so I definitely think that that would have to stick in it because this is a once in a lifetime thing that will occur June 6th is the winner of the Bryson DeChambeau Award for Biggest Bomb of the Year. That was quite the exciting day, for sure. Um, Our next award, it does not have a name tied to it, if I'm not mistaken. But it is the Fan of the Year. Some predominant people have won this in the past. Remember one of our friends of the show, Michelob Ultra Guy. He won this last year after his great performance holding the beer, not his phone at the 2022 PGA Championship at Southern Hills. T-Dub, who is your nominee for Fan of the Year in 2023? Yeah, the award is just about three seconds ago. has officially been named Michelob Ultra Guy Award for Fan <laughs> of the Year. So I'll go ahead and announce my, nom- my nominee for Make Love Ultra Guy Award nominee will go to... So I need to tell a little bit of backstory why I picked it. So about a week before the Waste Management Phoenix Open, I bought a nice Under Armour shirt. It's like a, It has a nice like pink-orange floral pattern on it. it. It stands out amongst the crowd for sure. And I really like this shirt. And as I mentioned the Waste Management Phoenix Open because everyone knows that's notorious for having drunk fest party. It's the most attended golf event of the year and so after during that week at least you'll see things on social media guys being a little bit too inebriated at the tournament doing some crazy things well i'm scrolling through my phone and i see a guy who's falling downstairs and he's puking and he's got everyone around him laughing and the guy is wearing the exact same shirt that i bought no less than seven days before that the exact same damn shirt so I'm giving it to that guy, Woody, because not only does he know how to have a good time, but he has a great sense of style. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a good one. You know who my favorite fan was? Now, this is funny, guys, because he's also a tour player. But at this point, during this tournament, he was a fan. <laughs> and that is Adam Hadwin. I knew you were Adam Hadwin that. had a bottle of champagne yes. and was all about Nick Taylor winning the Canadian Open. He was that biggest fan right up till that security guard tackled him. So I'm going with Adam Hadwin. That is a great nominee there, Woody. Uh, my Michelob Ultra guy, fan of the year. I'm going with Burt Kreischer, the comedian who was out at Live Adelaide on the party hole. And when Chase Kepka made the hole in one and beer starts flying everywhere, Burt Kreischer rips off his shirt and starts swinging it around like a whip, guys. And he was getting after it at Live Adelaide. However, nothing tops Adam Hadwin. Do you agree, T-Dub? I think Adam Hadwin should win the Michelob Ultra Guy Fan of the Year. Whatever you consider the fact that he took a linebacker-style tackle on the 18th green of a PGA Tour event, I do think that, yes, he should be deserving of the award because that is something I'd forgotten about until y'all had mentioned it. Had I remembered that, as much as I love my man at the waist management puking on himself in a very nice shirt, I do think that Adam Hadwin is definitely deserving because that is something. We talked earlier about June 6th being a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I'm not sure we'll ever see a PGA Tour player get tackled on a green again. <laughs> no, it was no, you won't. That's why he's... <laughs> That's the fan of the year, no doubt. Uh, I don't think we'll ever have another PGA Tour player win Michelob Ultra Guy Fan of the Year. Congratulations on so. the earth-breaking victory there for Adam Hadwin. 
Um, let's move along here to the Henrik Stinson Award for the most random winner. T-Dub, would you please care to explain why the most random winner award is named after Henrik Stinson? Yeah, so we had the most random winner award and then because it was just it, it was a funny thing to give out what's the, the most like you look at it and you say wait that guy won the tour event or award at this case a live event and then we named it after Henry Stinson because he won and he I think it was at Trump one of the Trump courses when he won at a live <laughs> yeah. event and it, 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 was, it was the same week that it was it was a, I believe it was right around the announcement one of the Ryder Cup announcements that had happened I can't remember the exact events that transpired there but it was great timing for Henrik Stenson because he came out of nowhere. We talked earlier about Phil not having any type of form. He Henrik Stenson had no form at all when he won that tournament. So that's why when it's called the Henrik Stenson. My nominee is going to be a guy who I forgot even played golf until I was looking earlier. Earlier this year in, what was that, July, I believe is when it happened. Lee Hodges won a PJ tournament. He won the 3M open. Listen to the guys who won the week before and the week after Lee Hodges. Rory McIlroy won the Genesis Scottish Open. Brian Harmon wins the Open Championship. The week after the 3M, Lucas Glover wins the Wyndham. Then after that, Lucas Glover wins the FedEx St. Jude. Then Victor Hovland wins the next two weeks after that, the BMW Championship and then the Tour Championship. So sandwiched in between there is Lee Hodges winning the 3M Open. So go ahead and give me that, Woody, as my Henrik Stinson Award nominee for most random win of the year. I looked at him, but I had one even more. He wins the Arnold Palmer. And then he disappears, guys. Kurt Kitayama. Wow, you, good you pick. Win I the, forgot about you, that. You win, you win the Arnold Palmer at Bay Hill? That <laughs> golf course is unbelievably hard. And <laughs> he played so event. good. I don't know, but a bit. He played so good. And then I looked around. I, I went back and did some homework, which I don't do for you guys very often, but for these deals I do. He couldn't play dead in a Western after he wins the Arnold Palmer. I mean, uh, oh, that was unbelievable. Kirk Kitayama to me. Fellas, I am kind of going with the opposite of what Woody is saying, that this guy jumped on the scene and really didn't get off the scene. I'm going with Lucas Glover. Where did Lucas Glover come from? To hop up and win at the Wyndham Championship and then win the next week at the FedEx St. Jude sweating his ass off? Are you kidding me? Lucas Glover, <laughs> to me, was the most random winner because he won back-to-back. But, fellas, I got to be honest, if we're going with most random winner, I forgot about Kirk Kitayama winning an elevated event. I don't know which way to go with this one. Let's talk this one out for a second. <laughs> well, yeah, this, is very, this is very interesting because... Kurt Kijiyama, I saw that earlier when I was looking at all the past winners this week, and I thought the exact same thing. I had forgotten who had won that tournament. And remember, guys, he had hit a very nice shot on the 18th hole. He needed to make par. If he had bogeyed, he would have went into a playoff. And he hits it to like 80 feet, one of the biggest sidewinding putts that you'll ever see. And he putted it up to literally half an inch from the hole and then proceeded to mark his ball as well, which I thought was... It was the right thing to do, but it's pretty interesting because the ball's literally hanging over the edge of the cup. So it's like once I once I remembered that part, it kind of all came back to me. So that was interesting. I will say there is an award coming up later on. The Kurt Kitayama may have a very great chance of winning, so maybe that would sway your vote if you're the type of guy who wants to kind of spread the love out a little bit. Yeah. Whenever, but with all the things that have been listed here, not knowing what's coming up in the later awards, I think Kurt Kitayama has to get it. 
I honestly think it's Kirk Kitayama, and I think he gets it because it was an elevated event, and it makes it a little less random for Lucas Glover, considering how well he played after that one win. It wasn't random. He was actually just playing better golf for the first time in a long time, and then Lee Hodges... That was random, but it was also a random event. It wasn't quite an elevated event. So, to me, I think the mm. Henrik Stinson Award for most random winner goes to one Kirk Kitayama, fellas. Congratulations, Woody, on your nominee. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Moving on here. Fun fact of the year. T-Dub, give me a fun fact. So, one thing that I think was pretty interesting looking at a little bit of analytics here earlier I thought would be a good nominee here for looking at the all-time analytics i believe the analytics go back to the mid 90s or something like that there has been there's three golfers this, this year who in sky Sheffer, john rom and roy mcelroy who not only all played the best golf that they've ever played in their careers but those three each had at one point in the season a top 10 analytic all-time ranking so that's something that you do not see very often happen we had three Three players who had a top 10 season of all time happen in one year, Woody. I thought that was very fascinating when I saw that. That is, you know, those analytics, are. you guys are the best at that. You know, my fun fact still of the year, and hopefully it won't happen again this year, but that Scotty Scheffler finished 253 ranked in putting and made, I don't know exactly how many millions of dollars he made, but a it lot. was a lot. <laughs> a lot. And he ranked 253 in putting. They used to tell me that you drive for show and you putt for those. Well, not for Scotty Scheffler, because if 253 had made millions and millions of dollars, I'm, I'm almost starting to believe, well, you don't putt for that much, though, if you drive it like he does. <laughs> That's exactly right. Speaking of making a lot of money, I know one guy that made more money than Scotty Scheffler this year. And here's my fun fact. Last year, the PGA Tour account filings show that Jay Monahan's overall compensation jumped from $13.9 million to $18.6 million, a raise of nearly 34%. This included $9.2 million in bonus and incentive compensation. For comparison factor here, John Rahm's official money earnings for the 2022-2023 season, the first full season with significantly elevated purses was $16.5 million, $2.1 million less than the commissioner Jay Monahan earned in 2022. So I got, I'm just saying, that's a fun fact, fellas. <laughs> I don't know, Woody. All I got to say is I wish that I wish that I could be horrible at my job and make $18 million. Yeah, and get a $9 million bonus. Uh, only in America. Isn't that what we always say? Only in America, gentlemen, where you can suck at what you do and make $18 million. Only in America. Only in America. Uh, guys, I think we got to give this one, though, to Scotty Scheffler because I don't think what he did this year, putting as bad as he did and striking it as good as he did, literally almost Tiger Woods-like prime ball striking from Scotty Scheffler uh, and the horrible putting still was able to put together the year that he put together. Just unbelievable to me that you can putt that bad and hit the ball 
that good, fellas. I don't know. To me, I don't think we'll ever see statistical anomalies like that again in the game of golf. T-Dub, any objections to giving Scotty Scheffler the fun fact of the year award? <laughs> no, I don't, because it was one of the best ball striking years you'll ever see. And I think if you don't include Tiger Woods, it may have actually been the best iron striking year we've ever seen. And you put him up with, if any other person on tour putted like he did, they would have. They would be barely scraping by to make the the tour. If they're even elite ball strikers, not even up to that level. But if they're average, they're not, they're not going to snip a cut at any point. That's how bad of a putting that he has. So yeah, I think Sheffler should go ahead and win the fun fact of the year. Speaking of strokes gained and average, we do have the award for the most average season according to strokes gained total. Who is right in the middle? T-Dub as the most average player in professional golf. So what we do is we take, we go, I go to the PGA Tour website for their strokes gained total, and I'll see how many players are there total. So there's 193 players total. So we're going to look at who is 96th and 97th in those rankings. 96th, you had Kurt Kitayama. 97th, you had Justin Suss. So I teased it earlier about Kurt Kitayama. had a great chance of winning an award earlier. So that was who was going to win the most average season Award. Congratulations to Kurt Kitayama and Justin Suh on your tremendously average season. <laughs> yeah, but at least Kitayama won the Arnold Palmer Invitational, okay? <laughs> Jason Suh, did he win anything? Jason did not, but Justin did. <laughs> oh, Justin. Justin, Jason. I can't keep up. You know what I mean? But hey, what did he win? I don't think he did. I, I don't. I don't think you did either. But that was. You're just. Funny. Jason Day won a golf tournament, but Justin Thug, whatever hell his name is, didn't win one. No, okay. <laughs> Justin Thug has not won since he won the Corn Ferry Church Championship back then in 2022. Hey, there's nothing wrong. But then to, to Woody's to Woody's point, Kurt Kitayama won one of the biggest golf tournaments of the year. And won the most average season award. How in the hell is that even possible? <laughs> well, it's not. That's, That's why you got to give it to the other dude. That's right. It's the most random. Uh, fellas, I mean, Justin Suh and Kurt Kitayama. Kurt winning his second holy of the year. Co-award winners there for the most average season award. The next award is very special to this podcast. This is the award named after this podcast what happens in a playoff guys they go to the 73rd hole the 73rd hole award for best playoff of the year t-dub give me your nomination well we had a a decent amount of contenders to go with one of them we kind of talked about earlier with chris kirk when he won at the honda classic there was a playoff there he had Patrick jordan smith the rbc Harrods at Harbortown. We actually had a, a stretch where we had three straight playoffs. We had Emilio Grillo win at the at Colonial. We had Victor Hovland beat Denny McCarthy at the Memorial. We had Nick the Nick Taylor playoff on the RBC Canadian Open, first Canadian to win there. However long you had Ricky Fowler winning at the Rocket Mortgage, which is cool. You had Lucas Glover winning at FedEx St. Jude. So a lot of contenders there. And so I guess I'm gonna have two because I have a caveat on the one that I want to pick, but I don't know if it should win it because my favorite playoff of the year was one that we got to see firsthand at Liv Tulsa at Cedar Ridge. We had Dustin Johnson, Brandon Grace, and Cam Smith going into a playoff up there. That was extremely cool to see. But the problem is, and I want to know y'all's opinion on this, it went to the 55th hole. It didn't go to the 73rd hole. So I'm not sure if we could 100% <laughs> count 
count that as the award. If we're going to go with the 73rd hole, and for if you actually went to the number 73rd hole, I would give it to the Canadian Open. Nick Taylor making that great putt. First Canadian, as I mentioned, in a lifetime to win it. But if we're just going off of what it actually means in the best playoff, Woody, I'm going with what I saw up in Tulsa at Cedar Ridge. Yeah, that's that's got a caveat to it. I like I like where you were going with that one. I had written down really I had two names. I had Victor Hoblin simply because I'm a homer and I love watching a cowboy and a good friend of our show. And I had Nick Taylor. So I'll let Sam if he's got one of those two, then they're gonna probably be the winner. Fellas, I had one on Liv and one on the PGA Tour. On the PGA Tour, I think it goes to Nick Taylor and Tommy Fleetwood. Even though the playoff was such a pillow fight, the Adam Hadwin getting truck-sticked on the green by the security guard, that tops it all. And you add in the fact that Nick Taylor is Canadian. I think that the 73rd hole award winner for best playoff is Nick Taylor at the Canadian Open. I do want to mention my live nominee. I agree with T-Dub. It can't necessarily be the 73rd hole award when it's the 55th hole, but Taylor Gooch at live Singapore in that playoff against uh, one guy who has won many times in Singapore, which is Sergio Garcia for Taylor Gooch to step up on that 18th tee box and have the guts to hit driver, which allowed him to hit the green in too. That was phenomenal stuff from TG, but can't win the 73rd hole award for best playoff when it's the 55th hole, fellas. So we're going with Nick Taylor at the Canadian Open. Let's go ahead and hit a break. After the break, we're going to say player of the year. We also are going to reveal our bold predictions. And right after the break... We are going to say who the D-Bag of the Year Award goes to, the Patrick Reed D-Bag of the Year Award. Uh, This is Sam Humphreys, Taylor Williams, Jim Woodward on the 73rd Hole Podcast. If you are not already following us on social media, definitely make sure and go do so at the 73rd Hole on X and at 73rd Hole on Instagram also. Follow and subscribe to our guys at golfoklahoma.org. Not only do they do the magazine, they give out local golf news on a consistent basis throughout the summertime on golfoklahoma.org. After the break, the Patrick Reed Award for D-Bag of the Year here on Oklahoma's Leader in Golf, the 73rd hole. Hey everyone, T-Dub here. I want to take a second to tell you about my good friends at McCray Roofing. Not too long ago, my roof was in desperate need of repair. There was extensive hail damage and I had many leaks that needed attention. Not only did Jeff and his staff build me a new roof, but they walked me through step-by-step of the claims process, which is something that I was very, very concerned about. Everything from the initial inspection of the roof to analyze all the damage to meeting with the insurance adjuster to make sure they were aware of every damaged area, making sure my claim was accurate. Their custom copper creations are truly beautiful and add a great touch to any roof. Not only do they do residential roofs, but they have an elite list of commercial customers, including Gallardia Country Club, Oak Tree National, and Bass Pro Shops. Check out their website at mccrayroofing.com to view some of their work yourself and give them a call at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. And we are back here on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast 
of Golf Oklahoma. Like I promised you before the break, the Patrick Reed Award winner for D-Bag of the Year. T-Dub, who is your nominee for this prestigious award, the Patrick Reed Award? There are so many potential nominees that you could have for this position. You could have Jay Monahan, you could have Roy McElroy, you could have Brandon Chambly, you could have a list of reporters, you could have a lot of different entities, but I'm going to go with the most recent one as of late, and it's going to have the biggest impact on the game if everything happens. I am going to nominate, Woody, the USGA and the RNA for deciding to ruin golf by dialing the golf ball back. So I'm giving the D-Bag Patrick Reed Award to the United States Golf Association and the Royal and Ancient Club for absolutely trying to do the dumbest thing possible to the game of golf and make everyone hit the golf ball shorter. I think it's the worst decision possible and the most douchebag thing that you could have possibly done. (laughs) That's a good one. But you're right. There's so many to pick from here. I mean, I thought about Rory McIlroy because he just made so many douchebag moves all year long. But then I thought, no, he can't do that. He's a world-class player. Leave him alone. I already don't like him. But I circled the wagons, and I had to come back to our buddy Brandel Chambly. Because <laughs> really, guys, from the start of the year till the end of the year, he has made some of the most obnoxious comments I have ever heard in my life, and some of the dumbest, as far as live goes. He should do himself a favor and quit even talking about Liv. And I think he'll be a lot better off if he'll just shut up and do what he does. Do the PGA Tour and quit worrying about Liv. I have a proposition, guys. Is there a chance that we could possibly change the Patrick Reed Award to the Brandel Chambly Award? I feel like there's no bigger douchebag in the world than Brandel Chambly. <laughs> Fellas, the, the, amount, the amount of misinformation that Brandel Chambly has spread over these past two years, especially this year, and his biased coverage of Brooks Kepka winning the PGA, and you know the fact that his paycheck at the Golf Channel is directly dependent on the success of the PGA Tour, who, by the way, just went to take the money from the PIF back in June. Well, we'll see if that actually happens or not now that we're in December. But, fellas, you get my drift. Brandel Chambly deserves this award more than any person on the planet. Brandel Chambly, to me, is the Patrick Reed Award winner slash Brandel Chambly Award winner for D-Bag of the Year, guys. I agree. I'm all in. Let's change the awards. (laughs) <laughs> I've already changed the name of the Patrick Reed Award to the Brandel Chambly Award, officially named D-Bag of the Year. Congratulations, Brandel, on not only winning the award, but being such a douchebag that you've officially changed the title of the award. Congratulations, buddy. Well done. <laughs> and how big a, hey, gentlemen, how big a douchebag do you have to be to take it away from Patrick Reed? <laughs> Holy cow. Jeez. I mean, you got to do something pretty special, and you got to be an over-the-top douchebag. Brandel Chambly was on top of his game this year. He was in the gym working out all off season and came back a bigger douchebag than anyone has ever seen in the history of D-Bags. Fellas, let's go from one of the worst awards you could win to probably the best award that you can win the player of the year. Now, this is just very simple. 
or maybe it's not. Are you going with Victor Hovland yeah. or are you going with John Rom, T Dub? Well, what's funny is that we've kind of debated this really ever since Hovland won the Tour Championship on who was going to get the Player of the Year. I, I've had a, I've said forever the tiebreaker for me was the major championship that Rom got earlier in the year, and I also mentioned it with my fun fact as well. John Rom earlier in the season was playing at a top five level that the analytics have ever seen, so that is pretty stellar stuff there. The green jacket was the deal breaker for me. But then even add a little bit of the cherry on top. With Rom going to live, there's no chance that, that he would win the PJ Tour Player of the Year. Hovland is going to win that. So I figured that if Hovland's going to go ahead and get one, even though he's been on our show and he had a tremendous season, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Rom just because, like I said, really the major at the end of the day is what did it for me. With well, I got to go with Rom. And it don't, I wish he would get it because he's not going to get it again next year or the next year. Well, we don't know about the next year, but I don't think he's going to get it next year. So I'm going with Rom too, simply because he won the Masters. I'm going with Rom as well, fellas. To win six times, including Augusta National, before you know Augusta, he won five times before Augusta National, and then won the Masters, fellas. His start to the year was something, I mean, as hot as we've ever seen. And yes, Victor Hovland had an amazing end to the year. And I want to give the award to Victor Hovland, but the major at Augusta gets it done for John Rahm. For me, John Rahm is the Holy Award winner for Player of the Year. Fellas, we got favorite moment of the year. T-Dub, what is your nominee? It was a great 2023 year guys it really has we got to do a lot of stuff got to talk to a lot of great people my favorite moment of it all though was the wednesday before live tulsa up at cedar ridge when we go up we get all checked in we get our media passes and all that we go out and we like onto the range and we're we had been at the pga championship the year before and the senior pga the year before that and so we kind of had an idea of what to expect but then we get up there and they're like yeah hey just walk onto the range just go up and you could be two feet from someone if you wanted to. We're out there. We're talking to D.G., Charles Powell, Al Baker. We got Boyd Summer Hayes out there, G.G.'s swing coach. We got all the players. And they're just We're just chilling, chilling, chit-chatting. We go out and walk on the course. You could just literally walk up the fairways with them, be three feet away, listen to all the conversations they were having. It was an unreal experience, Woody. And that's something that I'm going to definitely miss with us not having a live event in, in Oklahoma coming up this next year. So that's something that we may not get the experience for quite some time again. And that was something that was really cool to see. A lot of Wolfcast players, and you got to be that close to them and interact with them. That was pretty cool. That was. that. You know, that I've never been at a tour event like that where, you know, the music playing, everything was so cool. I mean, it was the most unpressurized type of site I'd ever been around as far as professional golf goes. You know, and then, you know, we had some great moments this year with, like, we had Scott play on the bag when Brian Harmon won the Open Championship. That was so much fun watching them walking down the eighteenth hole. But I got to tell you guys, it still is going back to that other one I mentioned before. Just never seen a tour player get tackled on the 18th green by a security guard. I've never seen that ever. And that still was my moment of the year that, first off, Adam was out there on that green with that champagne bottle and that security guy didn't know who he was or what was even going on when he just lambasted him. <laughs> so <laughs> it's still the dangest thing I've ever seen and it was my moment of the year that I still can't forget. It was just nuts. 
Woody's favorite moment of the year. Adam Hadwin, again, getting mentioned here on the Holies. What a night Adam Hadwin is having tonight at the Holy Awards. My favorite moment of the year, fellas, it's a tie. And I think you guys will understand why it should just go to Taylor. Because Taylor Gooch at Live Adelaide with all the people walking down the fairway. I've talked numerous times about how much fun that was to watch. But I got to give it a tie with our man Taylor Moore winning at the Valspar, fellas. Taylor Moore getting his first ever PGA Tour victory, a guy that I played junior golf with. It was really cool to see him and his family in the spotlight for a week at the Valspar. Yeah, that was extremely, extremely great to see our man T. Moore, who we've been lifelong friends with forever. It was great to see him get a win there. And as soon as I'm sitting here talking about this, talking about how great it was at Live. I'm literally remember we talked earlier about how everything feels so spaced out. I mentioned my man Randy Williams winning the Holy for being at Augusta. I completely forgot that I went to Augusta this year. How is that not my nominee for Holy for favorite moment of the year? What a dumbass I am! God dang, I'm literally sitting here like pounding my head against the table. What the hell am I thinking? So, as much as I love Liv Tulsa, it, it feels like so long ago that that happened. But give me my time at Augusta. What the? Is the F of my thinking, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I, I was mean, wondering why you hadn't really brought that up. But, yeah, because uh, I'm has, thinking Cedar Ridge. What a yeah, dumbass. You, God. Cedar Ridge is not all that, dude. Sure in the, the national. It's not Augusta. And if I'd never stepped, yeah, if I'd never stepped up foot on Augusta and that was the first time you had when you were doing that. Yeah, you are a dumbass. You're a douchebag. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you're you're fired. <laughs> give me Brandon. Give me the Brandon Assembly Award for D bag of the year. The absolute yeah. disrespect yeah. for the tournament is absolutely insane. No, but T Dub, I uh, do think you win the award now that you changed it uh, to. <laughs> I mean, anytime someone goes to Augusta National for the first time, that should win moment. favorite moment of the year award. So yes. Yeah, at uh, the you, moment. You know, a beverage yeah. down at Amen Corner with your dad at Augusta National has to be has to win the Holy Award for favorite moment of the year. Yeah, for sure. And, and no doubt. My favorite moment from that day was when we got done at Augusta when right before they're trying to kick everyone out. Me and Dad, we went they had last call for beer. Me and Dad went and got a few beers and we're just sitting there right in between number one and number nine, right where that little dip is there. Just watching the people come in, sitting there chit chatting with a few people. That was by far my favorite moment, just being able to soak it all in. And it's just, it, honestly, like I said, I'm I'm going to have to do something because I don't know how in the hell I forgot to mention that <laughs> as my favorite moment of the year. It's the favorite moment of my life, let alone in 2023. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, uh, good stuff. Uh, T-Dub and his dad win favorite moment of the year. Fellas, announcer of the year. What is your nominee for Announcer of the Year in 2023, T-Dub? Announcer of the Year. I'm going to go to another guy that we were able to have on this podcast in, at, up at Live Tulsa. Give me our man, Jerry Folk, kind of the unsung hero of the Live broadcast. you got David Faraday up there, who everyone knows. Arlo White, who's known just by people who don't even know anything about golf for all the sports that he's commentated. But Jerry Folk sure does a hell of a, a great job. He's a great guy when we were able to chit-chat with him. I know Woody and him go way back so give me announce of the year woody to our man jerry folks you know i was uh, i it's funny you put that one in there because i had Faraday and folks that those are the two i had and mostly jerry because i was so uh, excited for him it just kind of 
plotted along there with the Golf Channel, and he was a good guy and a good announcer, but he never could get a break. And he went to this live golf, and everybody said, you're nuts, and it's worked out good for him. So, yeah, that since Paul Azinger didn't make it through the year, and Jim Nance has only won it a million times, let's go with Jerry Fultz. I'm in. No doubt about it. Guys, I had Jerry Fultz written down, and this goes to show that if you come on the 73rd hole, you're probably going to win a holy of some sort, fellas, because we are extremely biased when it comes to people that come on the show. We're going to be on your side, whether you're on the PGA Tour side or Liv side, but if you come on the 73rd hole, then we're on your side. So Jerry Fultz, for that reason alone, gets announcer of the year. But in all seriousness, fellas, I love listening to Fultz on the broadcast. He does his essay every single tournament that I think is phenomenal, like the one he did on Taylor Gooch, you know, not getting into the U.S. Open and his essay to the USGA. That was solid. Um, But he kind of brings the dry sense of humor along with Faraday, and he's very good at explaining why guys are trying to hit certain shots. I think Fultz, like you said, TW, put it perfect. He's the unsung hero of that live broadcast. And yeah, call me a homer. So what? He came on the show. He wins the announcer of the year here at the Holy Awards. Fellas, this is a fan favorite. Worst shot of the year in 2023. A very, very prestigious award here on the 73rd hole. Yeah, the worst shot of the year. It truly is a remarkable one for sure. I'm going to go ahead and go with, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, you need to see what happens a little bit later on, a couple of days after this fact of why I think it's the worst shot. So in the second round of the PGA Championship this year, Michael, I believe it was on the fifth hole, Michael Block, the, the guy who's no a pro, everyone jumped on his band. I have this exact same on one. Go ahead. <laughs> It's a cold, on a, on a part three tee box, it's a cold-blooded shake over to the right. Gets lucky to get some trees and a few fences to make sure it doesn't go out of bounds. Salvages a double bogey out of the deal. And then Woody, 48 hours later, he goes from shanking it on a part three tee box to literally dunking it into the hole on the 70th hole of a major championship. You're talking about a yin and yang situation there. Give me Michael Block shank in the second round of the PGA Championship for the worst shot and, and of Woody, the year. I have this one too. Just to add to it, it was on number 14 at Oak Hill. It was his fifth hole of his second round at the 2023 PGA. Yeah, cold shake. It should have gone out of bounds, but it clinked a tree. Came back almost into the crosswalk. Michael Block, who a lot of people might have thought would win best shot of the year, wins worst shot of the year at the 2023 Holy Awards for his cold shank at the 14th hole, his fifth hole of the day in the second round of the PGA Championship. Fellas, our next award, runner-up of the year in 2023. T-Dub, who is your runner-up of the year? Runner-up of the year. You had a few contenders here. I'm going to go with the guy who made the most money in the runner-up finish, at least for the individual play. Give me Terrell Hatton at the Players' Championship. Shoots a 29 on the back nine to vault from what would have been down in 25th place or something like that, made about which would have made about $180,000. But his 7-under on the back nine propelled him up to solo second, which paid him $2.75 million, Woody. So a, a back nine that got you... Uh, essentially two and three-fourths million dollars. That is going to be my nominee for runner-up of the year. 
Yeah, that that was incredible, wasn't it? That twenty nine he shoots. You know, I'm going to give it to Victor Hoblin at the PGA guy behind uh, Brooks Kepka this year. It just kind of got a really kind of a, a, a bad break on that, that one fairway bunker shot, or he might have won the golf tournament. So I think Victor is destined to win a major. We all know that. But that runner-up finish just showed me more and more of how much moxie this kid has and what he's going to do in the future. I like both of those. Mine is a little bit different. Fellas, I may be biased because I was there at Augusta National, but feeling that drama of Phil Mickelson rising up the leaderboard at Augusta National in April of 2023, fellas, Phil Mickelson, to me, is the runner-up of the year, just given the implications of him up there along, you know, with the whole Rom and, and Brooks Kepka battle you know, throughout the rain. And then you add in the fact that Patrick Reed was up there as well. You know, Liv versus PGA Tour. Phil Mickelson rising up the leaderboard there to finish runner-up at the 2023 Masters of 51 years old, fellas. I don't know. I, I'm going with Phil. So, T-Dub, you break the tie here for us. Yeah, as, as much as I would like to give it to my man Terrell Hatton for making all that money, I do think Phil's got to be the play. As we were I mentioned earlier when I was talking about his layup with an iron, layup with an iron into the hazard award is that he just came out of nowhere to, to finish second at that tournament. He kind of silenced a lot of the haters as well. So yes, I do think Phil is rightfully deserving of his runner-up of the year award. Phil Mickelson wins runner-up of the year in the 2023 Holies. This next award comes from Hideki Matsuyama's caddy bowing at the golf course and we had to create an award for the most respectful moment of the year obviously he won it back a couple years ago whenever Hideki won the Masters uh, when we created these holies so this year the most respectful moment my nominee fellas goes to Blaine Hale and by the way Shout out to Blaine Hale for getting his PGA Tour card yesterday. Big time stuff from the former Burley boy at the University of Oklahoma. But the reason why the most respectful award also goes to Blaine Hale is because we had a major technical difficulty during our podcast with Blaine Hale. And we went through an entire podcast and it deleted and fellas he was nice enough to come back on and redo the entire podcast and you can go back and listen to it and it's even more meaningful now that he now has a pga tour card in 2023 that is a very good one yeah i've forgotten about that what a lot of people don't realize whenever you do an audio podcast like this is that there are definitely technical difficulties that occur and unfortunately things have to be done whenever those occur and blaine was Especially tremendous for this time whenever that occurred. So, yeah, that's definitely a great nominee. My nominee for the most respectful moment of the year award goes to your dad, Sam, Mr. Craig Humphreys, for everything that he did for me and my dad to get us to Augusta National, got to show us around the media center, everything like that. It was truly great, and I'll forever be grateful, which makes what I did earlier about forgetting my favorite, my favorite moment of the year so funny, Woody, is that on so many other picks I have that Augusta moment listed, but in that one in particular one, which is very important. I did not do it. It makes absolutely zero sense. But my nominee, Woody, is uh, is the Hump Man, Craig Humphreys, for most respectful moment of the year. 
See, and I, I love both those. And, and mine's going to be a little bit more golf-wise, but, uh, you know, with the hunt man, knowing that he's retiring from the sports animal and that big a year this has been, I'm going to have to probably vote for him. But the guy I was thinking about was uh, Adam Long when he won up there at uh, uh, the Canadian Open because Canadian had not won that in something like 50 some odd years, guys. I think that's what it was. So, and the respect he showed to his country and how he handled that, other than the fact of Adam getting tackled, but he even handled that well. So he was my pick. But you know what? I kind of like the hump man on this one. I'm sorry. Dad, the hump man, you are the winner of the 2023 Holy for most respectful moment of the year. A couple left, fellas, as far as our awards go, and then we will get to our bold predictions. Uh, Next, we have the best facial hair award for 2023. T-Dub, who is your nominee? I was trying to look some up and think about it because Last year's winner was John Daly, rightfully so. It's a, it's a tremendous beard. It was. And then recently, have him and his son, Young Daly, at the PNC Championship, saw another, another picture of him. And I said, it's the beard, exact same, maybe even a little bit better. So I saw no reason to not let him be a, a two-time defender, Woody. So I'm going with John Daly for my nominee for best facial hair. But his just looks ragged. Uh, I, I went with Cam Young. And the reason I did is he actually shaved it off if you guys remember this. I mean, he's had that beard for as long as I can possibly imagine. He shaved that son of a gun off middle of the year, but boy, it didn't take long. He grew it right back, so I'm going with Cam. <laughs> Very good choices, but I think you guys will agree with me when I say that the Best Facial Hair Award winner might even become the name that the award is named after. I'm going with Scott Country Tway with his majestic silver flavor saver, guys. And that flavor is Guinness because he won his first major on the bag for Brian Harmon at the Open Championship. (laughs) I have a proposition. I I can't believe I've done this twice in one show. First, we have now the Brandel Chambly Award for D-Bag of the Year. I want to give Scott Country Tway Award for best facial hair of the year award. I got to go with it. I'm good with that. I, I, I agree with you. I do. You know, with Scott's beard, though, it it looks like, you know, when I first met Scott Tway, he was a very, very young man, which means now I'm very old because he's old. And that beard looks like it had some Guinness in it when you look at it. So I'm with you, Sam. I like that beard. <laughs> good stuff. Fellas, one of my favorite awards every year, the Chesson Hadley Award for Worst Chip of the Year. And the reason why this is called the Chesson Hadley Award for Worst Chip of the Year is a couple years ago, all Chesson Hadley had to do was get up and down to win on the PGA Tour. And unfortunately, he decided not to just chip the straightforward chip. He pulled out a hybrid and gunned it 20 feet by and lost his opportunity of winning his PGA Tour event. So, my Chesson Hadley Award for Worst Chip of the Year nominee goes to Rory McIlroy at the U.S. Open. Woody brought this up earlier. I'm 14 at LA Country Club. Gets the luckiest break of all time with an embedded ball and then gets to drop outside of the bunker, has a straightforward chip out of the rough, and like push kills it 
about 10 feet long right and misses coming back, makes bogey on a par five, even with the great break that he got with the embedded ball and goes on to lose the U.S. Open by one shot to the former Cowboy Wyndham Clark. So Rory McIlroy is my nominee for Chesson Hadley Award Worst Chip of the Year. <laughs> what do you think, contender when you include the magnitude of the situation? Question that was the the what was that the sixth hole of a major championship? You would think that that would definitely take precedence, and I would obviously not have any problem with that being the winner. My nominee is going to be a tournament that is almost a, that happened a full calendar year ago, and that was Colin Morikawa at the Century Tournament of Champions. He had what a, a five or six shot lead on the back nine at some point is absolutely monumental, and he started to fall apart down the stretch. It's on the fifteenth hole which is the par five there. He hit it down to the right into the little goalie area. And the Bermuda grain there is extremely prevalent around the greens. And he just hit this massive flub that got less than halfway up the hill. He just laid the sod over, which was not good, especially for someone that was leading the tournament at that point. And that hole propelled him to lose that tournament to John Rahm, who won and then went on to, as we alluded to earlier, one of the best stretches of golf the game has ever seen. But, Woody, that shot really sticks out to me because you need to have a certain type of technique and play those shots very particular when it ended the grain like that. And Morikawa did the exact same thing that you would see a 15 handicapper do on the 69th hole of a tournament when he has the lead. you got to go with Sam. It's Rory. This is a world-class player, man. He he is supposed to win that U.S. Open. By all rights, he is the best guy out there. But he made so many really mistakes, and that chip and that hole was big. So i got to go with that one. I'm with Sam. Rory McIlroy, congratulations. You did win an award in 2023. Other than the Ryder Cup, you also win the Chesson Hadley Award for Worst Chip of the Year. Fellas, two more left until we get to our bold predictions. This next one, I think uh, one of my buddies will love. The Jim Traber Award for the greatest wager on this planet or any other planet when talking about golf. We make a ton of predictions on this show throughout the years for these golf tournaments. T-Dub, what was your nominee for best bet of the year? Or worst bet. Depends on how you want to look at it. 100%. I think our best bet, guys, was literally what happened from the middle of 2022 to June 6th of 2023 if you listen to the 73rd Hole podcast because we were right on every, almost every single thing that occurred up until then and everyone who was a live hater from that point ripping all these players they finally got justified at the end of the day so Woody I'm going to give the best bet to us because we were one of few people who were correctly prognosticating what was going to happen when all the light came out on exactly what was going on in the game of golf you know, we had such an advantage over everybody else because we were open-minded. We weren't living in that bubble or that pipe dream that was the PGA Tour like so many of our friends. We actually listened to other people that were part of Live, part of the PGA. So where I'm bragging on it too, T-Dub, we, the reason why we get the work is we were at least listening we didn't have our head in the sand like we all talked about everybody else doing. It was obvious if you just wanted to see it, but we three were the only ones that would really want to talk about it. So congratulations to us, Sam. Even though you might not pick that, we won the best bet. 
We did. We did win the best bet of the year. I couldn't agree more with everything you guys just said. I took the award a little bit differently this year. I went with some of my best bets of the year. Do you guys remember when I picked Hayden Buckley to win the Sony Open out of nowhere? because yeah. he, won a, he won a tournament in Hawaii when I played against him in college. And, guys, he went on to finish second at the Sony Open. And then I did pick Brooks Kepka to win the PGA when not many people were doing that as well. Um, some of my worst bets, one of my worst bets, was picking Rory McIlroy to win the Masters where he uh, went on to miss the cut. Miss the cut. <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. fellas, one thing that we were all right about Give props to us again. Pat ourselves on the back. Give it up to ourselves with uh, Ludwig Obert. We said that he was going to be a star, and T-Dub even called the fact that he should be on the Ryder Cup team, and it turned out to be a phenomenal pick. So there are some other suggestions there, but I got to go with, like you guys said, we were right on the money about all the live stuff. And this is the only place you could hear it because everyone else was so brainwashed and biased about the whole situation. T-Dub, any, any thoughts about some of those uh, solid bets of the year and not-so-solid bets of the year? Yeah, even not including the PGA Live stuff. We were right on a lot of things. We definitely are wrong on, on a lot of things for sure. There's no doubt about that. But we are we were right on a few of those picks, as you mentioned. My my pick of O'Bear to be on the European Ryder Cup team came out to, to be pretty nice. It was... It's interesting that I didn't even think it was possible to play in a Ryder Cup before you play in a major championship, but O'Bear has been able to do that. And I just want to point out, too, our winner here is us on the PGA Live stuff. I think the main thing that we were right about, though, is that everyone was so blinded and thought the PGA Tour was this glorified, saving organization that only cares about charity and will always do the best thing for the game of golf. And they're the heroes and live the villains. And this whole deal. And the main thing we're right about is the PGA Tour is not heroes. They're out for money, just like everyone else is. is the exact thing that we've been saying this entire time. So in my opinion, that's at least where we were the most. Is when everyone was looking at the PGA Tour with googly eyes, PGA Tour sunglasses, they literally couldn't see past how great they were on June 6th. All that got exposed. So in my opinion, that's where we were most accurate on this deal. I couldn't have said it better myself. The last award for the 2023 Holies is the shot of the year. T-Dub, what is your nomination for shot of the year in 2023? I've talked about this shot a few times throughout the year because not only is it shot of the year, it might be the best shot that I've ever seen in my entire life. And it goes to National, I forget the round that it occurred, but Cam Smith was in the bunker on number eight, the par five. And he had his feet up against the, the side roll base with a three-wheeler, my two-eight. And he was able to get the ball out of the bunker, which most people have to lay up out of. He smokes it up on top of the hill, hits it to eight feet, and makes an eagle on the hole. I didn't even think it was possible to get it within 100 yards of that green out of that bunker. And he hits it to inside of 10 feet and makes an eagle. Woody, the best shot that I had seen probably up to this point was Tiger's. What Tiger says is his best shot was 2002 at Hazeltine when he was in the, the 18th bunker there and his feet are pressed up against it. It's a three iron over the lip with a, a side wind and all that. But actually being at Augusta this year and seeing that elevation change on that eighth hole, how it is literally like a cliff going straight up to be able to hit that shot and make an eagle from that spot it has to undoubtedly be my vote for shots of the year i think that's what's tough is when you look at shot of the year if you get to see one in person it's a whole lot different cat or if you've played the golf course when you know they've hit a shot from somewhere 
my memory of some of the best shots ever at a tiger because not only at Hazeltine, I've been in that bunker. No, I did not hit three iron out of it, nor did I get to the green. 18 at Canadian Open at Glen Abbey. There's a fairway bunker on the right that I laid up numerous times out of because I thought that was a shot until I saw Tiger hit six iron from about 220 over all water to a pin tucked back in the right corner. I knew then, I'm glad I'm not out there anymore because I can't do that. So I still, one of the ones that goes back, I, I, I know I talk about this all the time, but that that putt on that, that playoff that Nate Taylor made to win the Canadian Open, it was 80 feet. Gee, many Christmas. I, I mean, you know, to win his national title. I've, I've talked about that tournament a lot for 2023. But it, it was in the middle of the summer. I didn't even really want to watch golf. And that son of a gun had me glued to the screen. So um, I was going with that one. Both of those are phenomenal picks. I had Michael Block's hole-in-one where he dunked it at the PGA, or you could say the Michael Block shot you know, over to the left of 18 green to get up and down and get into the PGA for 2024. Those were phenomenal shots. But, T-Dub, you stole my heart with that Cam Smith shot out of the bunker on eight at Augusta. I mean, if you're just factoring in level of difficulty and not the moment, that's by far the best shot of the year i cannot believe it's even possible to get up and down out of that bunker from what 270 yards away uphill <laughs> that is amazing and that bunker is so deep that you have to get the yeah. ball up so quick most guys are hitting a, a seven iron out of it and that's even if they have a little bit of room behind it but not only with cam smith he wasn't like right up against the lip but he didn't have an abundance of room to work with he also had his his ball was fairly close to the left side of the bunker so he was standing with the, the balls below his feet because his feet were on a side hill in the bunker. That's For anyone that, that's trying to do something like that, it's so hard to brace yourself properly to do it and not slip and fall over and to have accurate contact on that, especially with a fairway load where you're trying to generate that much speed and then keep your base. There's just so many levels to the shot that make it so great. And it's, it's sort of like you said, I can't believe that you could get within 100 yards of that hole, let alone put it to inside 10 feet. It's absolutely remarkable even more I keep thinking about it. Very, very good. That ends the 73rd Hole Holy Awards for 2023. Now it is time to make our predictions for 2024, fellas. And we have to start it off with Player of the Year. Who will be Player of the Year in 2024, T-Dub? My vote for Player of the Year is an individual who I think is going to have a tremendous 2024 year into 2023 so brilliantly. And I think a lot more wins are coming this upcoming calendar year. Give me friend of the show, Victor Hovland, Woody, to win Player of the Year next year. That's funny because that's who I picked too, T-Dub. I've got a lot of predictions of 2024 victors in them. But I do believe he's going to win player of the year. Sure do. I'm with you. Guys, I had Hovland written down here, too. He was one of the most consistent players on the PGA Tour in 2023 and got that major experience in the really four major championships being around the lead on Sunday. That's great experience, and he learned a lot from those tournaments that I feel like he'll carry into 2024. Fellas, and I think that he might. And to win Player of the Year, you probably got to win a major. And we're about to get to who we think are going to win the four major championships 
in 2024. Uh, we always ask Rookie of the Year. Considering Ludwig Obert is up for Rookie of the Year in 2024, T-Dub, I'm going with Ludwig. Is there any other objections there? No. See, no, there's no way that you could object to that. And it was just weird about it because he played on the PJ Tour this year. So if he is eligible for another is definitely a guy right here who actually be his first time actually out for the champ is Chris Burrow. A lot of people have said that he's expecting to be a top 10 player in the game at some point. And so I feel like that he could come out and have a breakout season. So it's got to be O'Bear. But if you're looking at someone who's actually playing their first year on the tour, give me uh, Chris Goddard up as a great chance to do that. No doubt about it. Chris absolutely bombs the golf ball. Uh, Fellas, here we go. Let's go to Live Individual Champion for the year in 2024. For Live Player of the Year, guys, I'm going with the guy who they just signed just a few weeks ago. Give me John Rahm. I think he's going to earn that $400 million. That is uh, what he is going to be paid over the course of his time. So give me the new guy on the block. Give me John Rahm for Live Player of the Year. Yeah, that's the most obvious pick, and it would be the guy that, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I mean, that's almost too obvious. That means it probably won't come true, but I'm I'm with you. I like John Rahm. Guys, that would be too obvious to me. I'm going with Bryson DeChambeau, a guy who played phenomenal golf, especially towards the second half of the year. We really – started noticing that Bryson was playing better up at Live Tulsa when we got to talk to him quite a bit. But, fellas, he goes on to win Live Greenbrier and win Live Chicago. He finished top 20 at the U.S. Open, um, also finished tied for fourth at the PGA Championship. There's some courses, especially in major championships, that set up nice for Bombers next year. Give me Bryson DeChambeau for Live Individual Player of the Year. And to go along with Live. Who is the most likely to go to live in 2024? Yeah, this is an interesting prediction that we have here. And this is one guy who I talked about it either last show or a couple of shows ago as a guy who I think live should go out and get. Give me Minwoo Lee. So like that, as I alluded to in the previous show, it's a guy who, you know, he doesn't shouldn't have a whole lot of loyalty to the PGA Tour. Played a lot on the DP World Tour coming up. So he seems like he would be a great fit to go to live. A young upcoming player absolutely smokes the golf ball. I think that would be a good get, Woody. So do do I know of anyone else who would have a great chance of having him? We know our man Victor Hovland came out and kind of shut down the rumors of him going to live. So most likely to go. Go ahead and give me Minwoo Lee as maybe this project that not many people are talking about. Well, we, we, we know that there's still some spots open for Rom's team for sure because I haven't heard anybody being on his team. So there's got to be another big name, guys. I mean, when we say a big name, I'm not sure that it's going to be any of like Scheffler or Hoblin. We know not Hoblin. I don't think it'll be Scheffler. We've talked Antley and Shoffley, and and they haven't done it either. So I'm 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 really not. I'm going to have to take a, a buy on this because I don't know. I'm just going to say it's going to be somebody with a pretty good stature to them. As far as whether they're going to be a veteran or a rookie, that's what I don't know. That's what I'm going to have to – I'm going to have to take a buy on this one. Call me a, a wuss if you want, but I don't have a clue on this. I don't really have a clue either. We 
heard rumors of Tony Finau, um, also rumors of Minwoo Lee. Both of those guys committed to play on the PGA Tour in 2024, at least for right now. Things can change very quickly in the world of golf, as we've learned over these last couple of years. But I guess I'll go with Terrell Hatton. There's been a lot of rumors. He hasn't necessarily shot down, and he has some buddies over there, especially the Europeans like Westwood and Poulter and those guys that have always gotten along with Tyrrell Hatton. So give me Tyrrell Hatton as the next big name to go to live, or most likely to go to live. Uh, Fellas, who do you guys think is going to be the FedEx Cup champion in 2024? Is it the same as your player of the year, or do you think it's different? I do think it is different because now the FedEx Cup champion is a little bit of a joke. It's whoever has the 10-shot lead going into the final or into the final event. At, at East Lake, and then it's whoever just wins that tournament is going to get it. Hate, absolutely hate how they've decided to do it. So you kind of have to look at who has a little bit of course history there that has it well. So I'm going to go off someone who I think is going to have a, an exceptionally bounce back season. Had his worst c- career as a professional in 2023. I do think he rebounds this year. Give me Justin Thomas as the guy who's going to win the FedEx Cup this year. His performances at East Lake, he's been a sixth, second, seventh, third, second, fourth. And fifth. So absolutely loves that course, plays it well, and I think he's going to be motivated for 2024, Woody. So give me JT to win the FedEx Cup. Yeah, I like that one, but I, I he's got to really show me something after last year. I, I'm going with Scheffler. I think I think Scheffler and uh, Victor are going to have a dogfight all year long on who's going to be player of the year. So I'm going to go with Scotty Scheffler on that. I completely agree with you on the dogfight part of that, Woody, because if Scheffler just putts a little better and continues to strike the ball like he did last year, he's definitely going to be your FedEx Cup champion. However, I do think the putting will kind of hinder Scotty Scheffler at times this year, and I think that Victor Hovland is just going to be so consistent, and I do have Victor Hovland winning a major championship in 2024. So I think it's going to be Victor Hovland, also a guy that likes Eastlake quite a bit after winning the FedEx Cup last year. Hopefully we get to drink out of the FedEx Cup again this year. Uh, Fellas, where do you think Jordan Spieth wins in 2024, or do you think he does not win in 2024? A part of me saying that he's not going to win, but I keep looking at it, and I think that he's going to have a little bit of a back year because he is an additional father now. He has, has one of his babies right before the Ryder Cup, which is probably one of the reasons he didn't play so good there. So I think he's going to have a, a bounce back year. I actually think he'll win an elevated event at some point, trying to figure out exactly which one that is. I'm not going to do a cop-out thing but uh, and, and say I don't know. I'll just say an elevated event. I'm going to go with the RBC Heritage just because he won there two years ago, finished second in a playoff this year. So I feel like that he's obviously loves that course and actually does set up well for his game. So go ahead and give me the RBC heritage, Woody, as where Jordan Spieth will win this upcoming year. I'm going to go nowhere. I'm going to say he doesn't win again this year. And uh, until he quits tinkering, I'm not sure he will win again. So we're going to, I'm going to say nowhere. I'm going out on a limb and think he can't win anywhere. Fellas, I do think he wins just because he has these weeks where he just gets hot with the putter. Um, Last year, those two weeks were at the RBC Heritage where he got really hot with the putter, and he also got extremely hot with the putter at the Valspar Championship. So I think he wins the Valspar this year if he plays in it. Tied for third 
back in 2023. I think that, you know, it might be one of these lesser coveted tournaments that Jordan Spieth might win this year, but he did finish sixth at the Hero a couple weeks ago last week, so maybe Jordan Spieth getting his game a little bit back together after, you know, having the baby. Now he's on the PGA Tour policy board. I do think he wins, but I don't think that he has the greatest year of all time. Uh, Fellas, last year we asked the question, when is Tiger Woods going to come back? What tournament is Tiger Woods going to come back? Well, I, I think Tiger's going to play at least, you know, five, six times maybe this year. So I'm going to ask you, what is Tiger Woods' best finish this year? And I'm going at the PGA at Valhalla. I say he finishes tied for 23rd will be Tiger Woods' best finish of the year. Now, this is the one that is is very, very important because the, whenever we talk about last year, it was whenever we think he'll play. At this point, I think it'd be another shock if he doesn't play the Genesis at Riviera, be his first event of, of what would be 2024. And then for what tournament he finishes high in, I do think that he will have – I think he'll have some good finishes this year. Where particularly at, I'm not sure. At Pinehurst is where the U.S. Open is. He finished – he's had third and second place finishes at both of those, so that would be a, a decent bet for him. Royal Troon is where the Open Championship is. Valhalla, obviously, where he won at in 2000. Augusta National speaks for itself. I would – if you're just going to give me a random there, Woody, I'm going to go ahead and give me – Give me Val. Give me Valhalla as well. I want to say Augusta, but I think something about Valhalla will will click with him, and he'll finish twelfth place. I think that we want to pull for a major where his best finish will be. I think he's. I, he never plays good at L.A. He always played. It seems like he loves to go to Riviera, but he's just never played that good at Riviera. I think he will play the Arnold Palmer this year. I really do. And I think he's going to get a top 10, which is going to get everybody so excited going into Augusta. So that's going to be my bold prediction for Tiger. He's going to play at the Arnold Palmer. He's going to finish in the top 10. That would be absolutely phenomenal if Tiger Woods finishes top 10 at the Arnold Palmer. Fellas, who has more majors in 2024, Liv or the PGA Tour? T-Dub? Well, based off of what will be our major predictions here coming up, I have three PGA Tour players to one live player. So I'll go ahead and go with the PGA Tour based on what I'm going to predict here in a little bit. I'm the same as you are. I've got three PGA and one live winning majors this year coming up. So i got to go with the Tour, PGA Tour. I'm going two and two. I have the PGA Tour and live splitting the four majors. Um, fellas? To college golf, who's going to win the Big 12 this year in college golf? I'm going to go with the University of Oklahoma to win it. I actually don't have – I looked at the rankings earlier. I believe Texas is the highest-ranked Big 12 team in 14th, and then OU is in 15th place. So not necessarily as dominant as the Big 12 has been in the past. But go ahead and give me Ryan Hibble and the Sooners, Woody, to get another Big 12 title. Yeah, see, I wasn't sure. They're not going to the SEC until that next year. That's what I was thinking. So I did the same thing. I had a question mark if they're not going to be playing the SEC, but you're right, they're not. I'm going with Ryan Hibble and OU, too. I'm going with OU, fellas. It looks like it's going to be between OU and Texas. Luke Kluver, he's a fifth-year transfer from the University of Kansas. He's 
played really solid, especially over this fall. He's 37th in college golf right now. Texas, they have a 12th-ranked guy, Christian Moss, and a 20th-ranked guy in Jacob Sosa. But I, I still think that OU's depth with guys like, you know, Ben Lorenz and Drew Goodman and Jack Hallbrook and, you know, Jake Hopper, Jackson Dell, all those guys, I, I think they just have a little bit more depth than that Texas team. So I'm going with OU to win the Big 12 championship in golf this year in the national championship, fellas. I am going with North Carolina. North Carolina has an absolute squad. We thought they had a good team last year. But, fellas, this year they have David Ford and Maxwell Ford, the two brothers who are ranked third and fourth in NCAA golf right now. They also have Austin Greaser, who played in a Masters, and Dylan Minetti, the transfer from Pepperdine, who is absolutely phenomenal in his in his own right, excuse me. So, uh, fellas, I got the North Carolina Tar Heels winning it all again this year. And I say again because I picked them last year and it didn't happen. That's what I was about to say, Sam. They kind of burned me last year. I thought about picking them again for 2024, but after after they really let us down last year, it was hard for me to, or was it that hard for me to steer away? I'm going to go with the Vanderbilt Commodores. They have, not only do they have Gordon Sargent, who's just an absolute prodigy in the game, they have three other players ranked in the top 12 on PGA Tour U. So they have a very, very loaded lineup, not only including one of the best amateurs in the game, Woody. So go ahead and give me Vanderbilt to get the job done this year. Yeah, it's funny. I had those two teams, too, and then I, I kind of wanted to just do my wild card and say, oh, he's going to win it because they, they're going to come off the Big 12 just on a heater. But I, I'm going to go with North Carolina just simply because they let me down so much last year like they did you guys. I think they're going to get it this year. So I'm going North Carolina. They're definitely the most experienced team headed into the spring. Fellas, the moment our listeners have been waiting for. T-Dub, who wins the Masters? We'll go, we'll go major by major here. Who do you have winning the Masters in 2023? I'm going to have a guy who we've talked about a lot on this show is someone who could not putt. And last year at the Masters, he actually led the field in ball striking like he did almost every tournament, but he finished a little bit down the pack because his putter was the worst in the field that week. Give me Scotty Scheffler, Woody, to do what he did two years ago and uh, put the green jacket on on Sunday afternoon. I just think that he loves that golf course. And if he can just have a halfway decent putter there, because everything else suits his eye ball striking-wise, I think that he is going to be the winner in 2024. I think it's going to be Rom again, and the reason why I think Rom's going to win it is because he's already going to have a chip on his shoulder, and he's going to be taking some real bashing early in the year, and uh, with the live signing and all that's going on, he's going to come in. He was he's going to come in with something he wants to prove again, and I think he's going to win that tournament again. Fellas, I should have said this disclaimer that we reserved the right to change these before the major championships. These are just our picks right now at the start of the year, but I agree with T-Dub. I think that Scotty Scheffler wins his second green jacket. If he puts even like he did at the Hero World Challenge where he only gained .38 shots on the greens, but at least he's gaining some shots on the greens and putting a little bit better than he did last year, that is monumental when he strikes the ball as well as he does. Uh, obviously, you saw that at the Hero World Challenge where Scotty Scheffler won. 
I'm going with Scotty Scheffler to win his second green jacket at the Masters in 2024 at the PGA at Valhalla. T-Dub, who is your PGA champion? I know you two are going to love this pick, so I'm going to go ahead and try to make it short and, short and sweet. I think this is where Rory McIlroy breaks his 10-year drought at where he won his last 14 PGA championship at Valhalla. I think he does it exactly a decade later this year in 2024. Give me Rory McIlroy, you know, start in front of the game of golf to win the PGA championship. I'm going with Victor to win there at Valhalla. I think he came close last year at the PGA. I think he'll get it. I think Valhalla sets up really good for him, and uh, he's going to win the PGA championship this year. Fellas, I did a little research on this, and it makes me a little nervous picking a guy that's won this tournament three times. He won it in 2018 and 2019. He also won it last year, so why not two different back-to-back PGA championships for Brooks Kepka? Brooks Kepka actually did play in that PGA back in 2014 where he finished tied for 15th place. Obviously likes the golf course and obviously loves the PGA championship, a course that seems to set up well for a guy like Brooks. Why not make it four PGA championships for Brooks Kepka? Guys, I'm, I'm going Brooks to win the PGA at Valhalla, at least right now. Fellas, what about the U.S. Open coming up this year at Pinehurst number two? It's a very interesting course. This course got redone for the 2014 U.S. Open when Martin Keimer won by like eight shots or something like that. Absolutely ran away with it. It's a lot different course than it was back in 2005 when Michael Campbell won or 1999 when Payne Stewart won the infamous pose on the 18th green there would be Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods finished third actually one of the more underrated major championships that and even with Payne passing a lot of people still don't think about how great of a tournament it actually was so pretty stellar stuff I think Victor Hovland's gonna win this one guys already has a, a USGA title to his name with the US amateur he won at Pebble Beach so why not go ahead and get another one Woody at one of the more famous courses in the United States so give me Victor Hovland to win the US Open at Pinehurst Good choice there. You know, this is funny. We're we're kind of going a lot with the same kind of guys. This is the one I think Scheffler wins. I think he wins the U.S. Open. I think he wants to win a U.S. Open really, really badly. And I think Pinehurst will set up great for his ball striking. Those greens are just brutal to try to hit. So you got to be a really good ball striker around there. Uh, give me Scotty Scheffler to win the U.S. Open. Not only are those Pinehurst greens, those upside-down bulls, tough to hit, but they're tough to chip around, which is tough for everybody, which I think is an advantage to a guy like Victor Hovland. By the way, he's not quite as bad at chipping anymore as he used to be, obviously, being the FedEx Cup champion, but I do think that Pinehurst favors the better ball strikers, which is why I think that Woody's pick is very solid, but I'm going with T-Dub's pick. I think that Victor Hovland wins his first major championship at the U.S. Open in 2023 at Pinehurst number two. Fellas, the final major of the year, the Open Championship at Royal Troon on July 15th through the 21st. Royal Troon interesting golf course right you know it has that long finishing stretch and it seems to favor the bombers so i will go ahead and tell you who my british open champion is and 
That's Dustin Johnson. He finished tied for ninth back here in 2016. I think it's going to favor the longer hitters. And remember, Stinson and Phil, obviously, before Liv ever even existed, those guys were running away from the field at 20 under and 17 under. The next closest was another bomber in J.B. Holmes at 6 under par back in 2016 at Royal Troon. I think Dustin Johnson makes a comeback and wins a major in 2024, fellas. Well, we're on the same track when it comes to a live guy winning this one. I do think that John Rahm will end up winning this tournament. The thing about the Open Championship is that you can get you can get screwed on the tee time schedule and they'll just shoot you at a tournament if you get on the wrong side of the draw. So that's always something to consider. As you mentioned, 2016 Henderson and Phil, an epic duel for the, the legends of golf out there. Todd Hamilton won back here in 2004 in a playoff over Ernie Els with his famous putt from off the green, so that was a good one. Justin Leonard won back here in 1997. So there's a, a good tradition here. Mark Kalkovecchia, Tom Watson, Weisskopf, Arnold Palmer, Bobby Locke have all won at that course. So I think that John Rom will add to the name there of elite winners to have won at Royal Troon, but there's so much to prognosticate from there. It's so hard to do. And so, Woody, that's why I went with Scheffler, Rory, Hovland, and Rom to win the four majors, even though we're going to have guys come out of the woodworks like Wyndham Clark or Brian Harmon that not many people are picking. To win, I'll go ahead and go with chalk because maybe one of the darts will hit. Well, and that's this is why I'm picking Victor to win this one too, uh, and that's bold. I'm, I'm picking him to win two majors this year. That's why I picked him to win the Player of the Year because I think he's going to dominate. Uh, I don't know. I might be crazy with these picks, but I I just look for him to have a breakout year like none other this year. So. I've got him winning, like I said, I've got him winning the British and I've got him winning the PGA. That Let's would be see. phenomenal. Go Victor, Woody, please go. Go Victor. Woody starting the bold predictions a little early there with the two majors for Victor Hovland in 2024. My four major champions again were Scotty Scheffler, Brooks Kepka, Victor Hovland, and Dustin Johnson. And that brings us to our bold predictions last year like i mentioned earlier on in the show i said the tours would merge before the end of the year i was kind of right on that but very bold back then when no one was saying that so pay attention everybody to these bold predictions here on the 73rd hole t-dub give your bold prediction for 2024 well when you brought up earlier the question about tiger on where his best finish would be i was thinking about it because my bold prediction is right along the lines. And the more and more I get to thinking about it, I might change my pick of where his best finish will be at from Valhalla to Augusta, but thinking about it. But I truly believe that we're going to go to bed on Saturday night of a major championship and wake up Sunday morning where Tiger Woods has a legit chance to win the tournament. I don't think that he will. I think that he will probably not have the best Sunday around and finish somewhere around the, the 12th place, as I mentioned earlier. Maybe he'll, he'll stay in the top 10. That'll be good. But Woody, I, tr- I truly believe that Tiger's going to be able to piece it together for three rounds at a major this year. And will he be leading the tournament? I'm not necessarily sure on that, but I do think that at some point he'll be within a couple of. Yeah, I'm. I'm. My bold prediction. You know what my bold prediction is? Since it's the last prediction of the year. What's that? Live changes to a 72 hole format and gets OWGR rate. Wow, that's a great prediction, Woody. Well, I, I like bold. that. It's, you said bold. That's a bold one. I love that. It kind of goes along the lines of what my bold prediction was going to be. 
By the way, Taylor Gooch did mention that it's a possibility that they go to 72 holes. John Rom said he wanted the format tweaked. I like that bold prediction from you right there, Woody. Uh, my bold prediction for 2024, kind of leading into 2025, is that players, elite players, will play against each other on a more regular basis than four times a year i do think that they're either going to tweak the format let these guys kind of go in between tours merge together finally i don't know how it's going to work but i think for the schedule in 2025 that will be set in 2024 we will be able to see live guys play pga tour players on a more regular basis fellas how about that show right there? That was awesome. The 2023 <laughs> Holy Awards. Now, Woody, last thing, the Holy Awards would not be the Holy Awards. You have to end the year since we will not be back until after the new year. You have to send us out for 2023 with a Woody story from 2023. Well, this is this is for all of our listeners out there that that want to play golf in golf tournaments, and they'd like to be involved in playing more in golf tournaments. Well, I want you guys to do me one favor: learn the rules, learn the etiquette, and learn how to play golf at that level before you step out and do it. I had one interesting story this year early in the year. It was way back in February. I was playing in a pro-am, and a uh, guy hit over, a hole over from across from us. He was playing a par four. We were teeing off a par three, and this ball came bounding down into the desert right by our carts. Well, we hit our shots up on the par three, and everybody gets in their carts, and away we go. Well, I see those guys coming back down that had hit the tee shot looking for the ball. And I hollered at him because it was a very short par three we were on. I said, hey, it's right over there. It's right by that cart trail. It's right there. And the guy goes, where? I don't see it. And I thought, man, it's right there. How are you missing it? And about that time, one of my partners came over to me and said, hey, uh, they're not going to find that ball. And I said, <laughs> what do you mean? It was right by the cart trail. It was right by our carts. And he goes, yeah, well, I picked it up. And I looked at this guy and I said, you did what? And he said, yeah, well, I picked it up. And I said, why in the world would you pick that golf ball up? He goes, I don't know. I, it was a brand new Titleist and I, I wanted it. So I had to take that ball from that gentleman, get in my cart, drive back to that tee box where that group was and explain to the guy, I'm terribly sorry. This ball was right here. But one of my dumb ass partners picked it up. Now, that is embarrassing. <laughs> do not do that, gentlemen. Do not embarrass your pro and learn the rules. Please learn the rules of golf. And for goodness sakes, don't pick up random balls on a golf course because they may not be yours. <laughs> what a life lesson there from Woody. Story time with Woody to end the 73rd hole in 2023. Fellas, great year, great show there to end the the 2023 golf season i can't wait for 2024 gonna be an awesome year here on the 73rd hole podcast the official podcast of golf oklahoma like i said thank you woody thank you t-dub and thank you to all of our listeners that helped us 
produce and create content throughout all of 2023 here on Oklahoma's Leader in Golf, the 73rd Hole Podcast.